how to do this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. We're sitting here. We're staring at each other. And I'm going to tell you facts about bands. I'm going to tell you bands about facts. Yeah. Yeah. That's how and we do it. try to make it interesting and say bald jokes a lot. That's yeah, what we do, right? Jokes. I don't know. It's been a while. You know, I'm feeling We're rusty dusty on our and rusty jokes. Uh, we're going to try. I don't think we're rusty on our dick jokes. But you know what, Maggie? Yeah. It's been a while since I last <laughs> did a podcast with you. I know. It has. But, but we came back for Halloween. Because you have to. Mm. We're morally obligated. Moral- also contractually. <laughs> our own contracts with ourselves <laughs> that we stupidly hold ourselves to. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. I wrote this contract out. We have to abide by it. <laughs> by whose law? I don't know. Nobody's. Mine. Okay. Mine. All right. Well, happy Halloween, everyone. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> your not regular at all <laughs> podcast that still kick in with 50-year-old irrelevant witches. Yep. You're dropping when we fucking feel like it podcast mostly for halloween pretty much just for halloween podcast we wouldn't leave you hanging for halloween we can't we want we have discovered so many more good halloween songs in the meantime that we just have to just word vomit all over everybody and Mm -hmm. tell them about it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's true these are all valid points yes this is where i'll insert some like halloween noise There you go. I did it. Yep. I did, did it for it. you. You did it. You didn't have it, well, to insert Halloween, anything. Halloween special number six? Five? Five. 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 I numbered my notes five when I saved them, so I think it's five. According to your possibly inaccurate notes, it's been five. <laughs> All right. We're going. We're going Sounds with that. good. Yes, we came back for Halloween because why not? Yeah. I mean, we clearly have nothing better to do. That is a fucking lie. <laughs> I have so much on my calendar this week. No. But I'm still doing this because this was my stupid idea. <laughs> and again, contractually obligated. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm here, okay? She showed up. I she brought f- drinks. I and I'm like, it. well, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I made notes. Look at me. I did too, like two hours before I showed up to your house. There we go. So, you know, we did it. Now we have to do it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what you're drinking? Mine has nothing to do with Halloween or spooky times. I mean, so. it's it, mine just coincidentally does because I picked this up on Sunday and I really wanted it. So yeah. that's why. So Hometown Heroes, another Hometown Hero. Yeah. Warbler Brewery. <laughs> Warbler Brewery. It's really, have you ever tried, try to say it. I constantly fuck it up. That's what, that Warbler. was me actually trying to say it. <laughs> Warbler Brewery. There. Warbler Brewing. Whoop whoop woo wee. That's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, they are a newer brewery around here. Yeah. I don't think we ever drink any other stuff when we were going. I think we did once. I think you're making that up, but I'm okay yeah, with it. Let's we- roll with it. Anyway, they're they're great. They're lovely. Really nice place. Good people work there. And I am drinking their Flurpee. <laughs> it's got an Angie bird on it. They all have Angie birds on them. But now this one's particularly Angie. Anyway, um, it is the pumpkin 
double fudge, stout conditioned on pumpkins, pumpkin spice, chocolate, and vanilla. Ooh. So it is um really fucking good. I really, had it last year. Really reinventing the wheel with pumpkin stouts, huh? <laughs> I feel like you were throwing shade at them on that. No, it's fine. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it is hard to go from what you're drinking to what I'm drinking. Because while what you're drinking is delicious, it is absolutely a 180 from this. It's just cider. Which I it's would just, say is a 180 from a thick stout. Yeah, I suppose. At least like a 140. Sure, we'll go with that. I'm not going to turn all the way around, but I'm definitely like over here like, oh, I got a, I got a journey. Got a journey over to your 180. Definitely in obtuse direction. Is that what obtuse is? I, obtuse, acute is like... Isn't that like 45 degrees? Yeah, like it's really close, but yeah. like 140 is... Is that what obtuse means? Obtuse means it's like far away from the point, you know what I mean? So, like, this is the bottom, an obtuse angle would be wide open, as opposed to acute, which is so closed. So, what you're saying is obtuse is all, like, started from the bottom, now we're here. Sure. <laughs> Excellent. Obtuse is the Drake of angles. <laughs> yes, especially because Drake is just, who gives a shit about Drake anymore? I don't know, there's some kids out there who are like, hey, they're talking about Drake, they get us. <laughs> and those kids are aging rapidly. <laughs> It's been five minutes and they're like, well, time to time get my to, AARP membership. Time to pack it into the retirement home. God, I wish. <laughs> Just counting the days. Just counting the fucking days. What are you days. talking about? You can't afford a retirement home. We're going to yeah. midsummer ourselves because we can't afford to retire. Yeah. Wow. We quickly we quickly dropped off the point because that's what we do. There you go. We're back here. We're back. I hope you kids miss this. Uh... So yeah, we we each picked four. Now, why songs. did we pick four? You might ask because we literally neither one of us could find a fifth one that we could actually like agree on and want to talk about. Right. Well, also to like time and also time. Like I could have found so. I actually I did have a few things. My biggest problem was trying to like decide. Yes. I had a lot of I had a lot of like middle middle songs. Yeah, and I was like, I don't really want to put it on here because it's fine, but I don't really want to talk about it. Right. So or like it was just up against other ones that were all middling. Yeah, they were all on the same level. And how are you supposed to choose? Yeah. And then at a certain point, I'm like, I got to do this in three hours and I have therapy and I have to get disappointed on a MAGFest uh, hotel room. So you know what? I um I don't have time. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. um, Yes. So welcome back. We have eight more songs to entertain y'all's little eardrums with. Mm. Little stories, little tales about each song. A little slapdash notes. Oh, slapdash notes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to slapdash notes. So I suppose I will start off because that's just how I ended up doing the order. Uh, this is a song I heard like a year ago and I was like, yo, I got to put this shit on my fucking Halloween list. Mm -hmm. And it is by Slothrust called The Next Curse featuring Lizzie Hale. Yeah. 
At first, I couldn't figure out if I was asleep or awake. The time of day was indecipherable, and suddenly I became acutely aware of my size. I went outside to see if I could find a sun or a moon, but all I could pay attention to was a feeling, both exciting and frightening. That's yeah, I stopped in the middle of the speaking part, but I felt the speaking <laughs> part was really, like, that was the part that made me like, oh, I gotta put this on a Halloween playlist. I'm thoroughly confused by this mashup. Wait, well, not, you mean uh, pairing of Lizzie Hale and Slothrust? Sloth is it Slothrust or Slothrust? I always sloth say Slothrust because, like, a sloth. That's what I thought. So, um, initially, the lead singer, uh, Leah Wellbaum, she had another band called Sloth Box or Sloth something. I can't remember. I knew I should have written it down. And then when she started Sloth Rust, she decided to take part of the old band's name and add Rust because it's like aging. Mm-hmm. And she just felt like this was like an aging, more mature sound from what she was doing before. Interesting. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? But also, like, where the fuck did Lizzie Hale come from? Actually, Leah wanted her on the track. Why? Because she... I'll get to it. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Anyway, so yes. For those who don't know, Slothrust is an indie band from Boston, Massachusetts. And they were formed in 2010. And this song is a um, single off of their last year's album, 2021's Parallel Lines. So it's Mm -hmm. a more recent tune. And I actually saw Thrust has been around for a long fucking time, but I thought they were fairly recent. Turns out they've been around since like, yeah, 2010. So I was like, oh, I've been around for a minute. I only heard of them because they opened for Jimmy Eat World when I went and saw them in 2019. And they were fantastic. Ooh, I bet they put on a good live show. They were so much fun. And Mm. she sounds amazing live. She's got a great voice. She really does. I really, really appreciate I appreciate her and yeah. her talents. So this is actually a song about climate change. Oh, OK. I mean, Earth's going to set on fire. It, it is. It, it is currently on fire. Yeah. So, yeah. So what Leah says about the song is, quote, the next curse is a song about how even at a time when we see our planet on fire and flooding, we still don't take the time we need to heal ourselves. These circumstances begin to mirror each other in a self-perpetuating cycle. It is my desire that humans as a species work towards less violence and more compassion for one another, despite differences. I hope we can show this kindness to planet Earth as well and treat her like the magical, generous being she is. Which we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. If anything, we're gonna do the exact opposite. I mean, we are actively watching the world burn and like, oh, yeah, can't do it. No, can't do anything. Just being like, well, you know, recycle, guys. (laughs) Recycle. I guess it's up to us. It's up to you. Like, no, that no, we are. It is not us. I mean, I dump in recycling for a minute. We all have since like (laughs) 1985 when the Indian was fucking crying. Who wasn't really an Indian? Who was not. Indian. He was Italian. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's but anyway, fine. yeah, we have taken the burden of recycling up and have done our part and it has done nothing. Yeah, especially because they're like, oh, we don't actually recycle most of the things you throw in there. But also the biggest polluters are fucking huge corporations and worldwide corporations that dump tons of toxins into the air every single minute of every day. Yeah. It's not us. It's not us. Stop forcing us to recycle if you're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> it's a lot, okay? I wish I could all just throw it in the same bin, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanted Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm on it 
because she wanted to draw more power into the song. And I do like Lizzie Hale. I do like Hailstorm. And she does have a very powerful, gruff voice that I think does add to the chorus. Because she's just like, she's just echoing. They're just blending their voices together. But I think it works. I guess. I I think my problem is that, like, I don't even listen to Hailstorm. <laughs> and Lizzie Hale is just constantly thrown in my face. Because well, that's she's not just, her fault. She's the only woman in metal that men will acknowledge. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> oh, I feel like, well, mainstream. But I feel like she's constantly thrown in my face because she is constantly guest, doing guest vocals on songs. Oh. Like, everywhere. Like, I feel like her management was like, we really need to push you mm. to get you out there. So we're going to put out, like, this blanket call for vocalists or whatever mm. call for guest spots mm. and see how many you can get and just fucking do them all oh again that might not be her fault you're always a, you're always kind of a slave to your label i guess i don't know i don't want to i don't want to malign her for it and i do kind of like her voice again i'm not like i don't seek out hailstorm but when it comes up I'm like it's fine yeah it's fine i feel like hailstorm is also like the one metal band that labels managers whoever like push to women yeah and that annoys me because it's like they're not that heavy they're palatable which is insulting to women oh yeah especially women who are metal fans well that's what i mean by like that's the only one like men like the mainstream the radio outlets the labels they're the only one yeah they'll pay attention to her because she's like tossing everyone's faces all the time Exactly. But outside of Lizzie Hale, uh, like I was saying, you know, the song was really drawn to me, especially the spoken word part, because it's really kind of Lovecraftian sounding. It's like, you know, yeah. like I was outside of my body and the sky turned to this purple and there was no sun and no moon. I don't know. It just felt very Lovecraftian out- outer worldly to me. Maybe I'm misusing Lovecraftian and maybe I'll get some angry little comments about it. And in which case, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> But, like, it's an eerie song on its own. Then after you discover its meaning, I don't think it loses any of that uneasiness. Because, again, we are kind of just slowly watching our planet fall apart and not really doing anything about it. I mean, we we can't do... We can only do so much. And, I mean, like, yeah, we're voting for the right people and we're doing the right things. But at the end of the day, it's like... We're doing it. I can't do it. We're doing everything we can. Exactly. Exactly. I am already stressed out as it is, guys. Yeah. I can't even make a like comprehensive dinner for myself anymore. Oh, pfft. that went out the window ages ago. Yeah. And you want me to recycle more? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go buy an electric car? I just start. Oh that doesn't God. go above 40 miles an hour? You know what? Hold on. You expect me to afford an electric exactly. car? You're cute. You're cute. Thank you. Anyway, you are cute. <laughs> Speaking of cute, why don't you tell us your your spot? Your I, first I would song. not call this band cute. What? The song looks or this band all. looks adorable. No, they're so cute. Look at their little faces. So, I before we play, I do have a question. Okay, have you ever heard of Dungeon Synth? No, but I'm intrigued. Well. Do I have something for you? Ooh, this is for me. So this song is called Demons Are Back, and it's by a band called Mortis. I am your fire, your every destroyer. 
Now you know what dungeon synth is. I'm here for it. Yeah. I could I could get on board with dungeon synth. <laughs> this this brings me back to like my orgy days. Not like right? of having orgies, of listening to orgy. It's like I was never cool enough to have an orgy. <laughs> I don't want to be cool enough to have an orgy, but thank you. <laughs> but thank you for the invite. Thank you. Um <laughs> So it kind of reminds me of Marilyn Manson if Marilyn Manson were good. Yeah, and you mean like and not, not like a an sexual absolute disgusting sexual predator? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. So that would be great, wouldn't it? Marilyn Hits would be great if you weren't shit. And also, this band is actually like it's a one man band, basically. Oh, it's and like a Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, kinda. All right. All right. And um, he's one of the OG Norwegian black metalists. What? Yeah, so Mortis is actually comprised of one dude named Havord Elifsen, okay. who is from Nottenden, Norway. Okay. Yeah, he was the original bassist from Norwegian black metal band Emperor. No shit! Yep. He was only in the band for like a year or two, and then they fired him. Aww. <laughs> Poor you know guy. What? He's probably better for it. Yeah, they fired him in 1992 because he was an incompetent bassist. In his own words, Aww. he's not entirely sure if um, that's exactly why they fired him, but th- he speculates that's probably why. I'm sorry, Emperor. Like, your first year, were you all that competent? I, were any of them, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Since then, he's been creating music under the moniker Mortis, Music that has now been classified as dungeon synth. Hell yeah. And he is basically the creator of the genre. Like, he created... This is exactly what he started doing right after he was fired from Emperor. And he started doing it in, like, 93. So, it's been a long fucking time. He's Daddy Dungeon Synth. (laughs) Daddy Dungeon Synth. Yeah. Daddy Dungeon Synth. Daddy Dungeon Synth. But still, like... (laughs) Like, people call him, like, the father of Dungeon Synth. And uh, now yeah, Daddy Dungeon yeah, Synth. I'm Daddy not wrong. <laughs> and, like, it's a concept that he just does not know how to grasp. Like, he he didn't even realize that this, like, whole genre was being developed around him because people were, do- were hearing his music around the world and being like, okay, I'm going to make music like that. Oh. And then the genre, like, started while he was, like... Like, just in Norway, like, working a regular job and then doing this shit on the side. And he had no idea any of this was happening. And now there's Dungeon Synth festivals happening where he's headlining and he's just like, I don't know how this happened. (laughs) How did I get here? He's having a real talking heads moment. Days go by. (laughs) Letting the days go by. How did I get here? Seriously, how did I get... I need an Uber. How am I getting home? How am I getting home? How did I get here? (laughs) 
So yeah, he is known to perform wearing a mask, and it's a pretty freaky looking goblin mask. The mask you just saw in this video that we just watched, it's not the same. Okay. So it's still kind of a weird mask, but... So the mask that he would usually wear reminds me of a cross between um, Blix the the uh goblin in legend oh and and the goblin hype guy from necrogoblicon it's like <laughs> go fucking google necrogoblicon all right cuz it's like it it's that mixed with blix all right i mean it's really cool looking and like his mask looks kind of grungier and almost like like it's sewn onto his skin. Ooh. And he's gone through a couple variations of the mask over the years, but he would wear it as a representation of the music he was creating at the time. Mm. And eventually, like he had really, really bad, serious um, depression issues oh. and a lot of mental health issues. And that caused him to question Everything he did, he went through a very long period where he thought everything he did was absolute bullshit and terrible. And like a lot of like, was he 38? Possibly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So he was he was, you know, questioning everything that he was doing musically, which also also made him question the mask and like, why? Why am I doing this? You know, so eventually, like in the 2000s, he got rid of the mask as that was no longer a representation of the music he was making going forward. So he abandoned it. And then slowly in recent years, he's been getting more into the mask. He's been bringing it back again. Bring back the mask. So over quarantine, actually, you came to my house and we watched an Emperor live show. We did. And he was the bassist for oh, that. Oh, now he's competent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's done it. I'm sure he's gotten better in the last, you know, 25 years. But yeah, he was the bassist. And well, d- I don't know if you remember Mike being like, oh, my God, Mortis came back and he's wearing the mask. I mean, I kind of vaguely remember Mike being excited about things yeah, that I didn't was, understand. He was a fanboy and he was being a fanboy because Mortis came back and played a few Emperor songs from like their super early days with them. So... Well, but he he's it. he's still making music and he's still Daddy Dungeon Synth. I'm really here for Daddy Dungeon Synth. But, yeah, you know, like that shouldn't surprise anyone. But also, it, it maybe it surprises a few people that I have kind of a a synthy, dark wavy kind of. No, you like dark wave. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, you're you're like no, don't. But I'm like, yeah, you do. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I do. And horror wave. It's Wait, pretty cool. you like spoopy shit. Yeah, spoopy shit's fun. Right? Like, it's fun. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Actually, um, I feel like that kind of does tie into my next song a little bit, in a way. So, my next pick is Skinny Puppy, Killing Game. Don't you anymore? Wake up, time! 
you know, it's a little primitive, but it's fine. Interesting. <laughs> so, Skinny Puppy actually is a really, like, I don't know, it's an interesting kind of, like, eerie story in itself, I guess. Hmm. I don't know, like, listening to their music and learning, like, I only learned a little tittle bit about them doing my research. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this actually is kind of, like... I don't know. The song is like, yeah, it's it's unsettling. Yeah. So um, Skinny Puppy is an industrial band from Canada. They were formed in 1982 and they inspired acts like obviously Nine Inch Nails, Jonathan Davis of Corn. They even like inspired Moby and Grimes. So anything from like industrial to new metal to fucking electronica. And so Killing Game is a single off their seventh studio album, Last Rites. And this album is considered by a lot to be some of their darkest and heaviest work as the band was splintering apart at this moment, mostly due to the lead singer, Nivek Ogre's worsening drug problem. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, zero days without heroin. Zero days without heroin, kids. I know at least Mortis had a heroin problem. Oh, and so did Nivek, because he mostly injected cocaine and heroin. Sweet. (laughs) You know, the 90s were rough on some of these boys, all right? (laughs) It's impossible to be any days without heroin. When you're talking about the 90s? Yeah. 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 It's real hot back then. Mm -hmm. But it got to the point where he was having drug and insomnia-fueled hallucinations in the studio while putting down his vocals. Oh, good. That's always great. He had claimed that these were some of his best sessions. I would like to see the opinions of, like, the, you know, the producers on this yeah. album. Was, the engineers, he, the he, other studio employees. He made some stuff up. It was, it was good. It's good. It's, it's certainly emotional. Eventually, he had three seizures and contracted hepatitis A, and then he decided, I guess I've got to go to rehab. If if there was ever a time, <laughs> it's when it you would be a. when you get the hep. At least it was only A. Which one's the bad one? I thought it was C. You know, C's, I don't think any of them are good. I don't know. C's the one that you can now cure. Yeah, but back in the 90s? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, none of this is good. So all of his unease, though, really reads through the album's tracks, like the whole album. And The Killing Game is just one example. When asked about it, Nivek said that the song is about one weekend where he was trapped in his house doing drugs. And all the while, he's having hallucinations of people watching him and a demon trying to convince him to commit suicide. I really need to... I need further information on the word trapped. (laughs) I mean, I guess, like, self-trapped. I'm pretty sure he did it to himself. Yeah. Because, like, nobody's going to trap you in your house so you can do drugs all weekend. Mentally trapped. Okay. Yes. There we go. Well, at least he wasn't driving a car or something. Yeah, no, he was in his house just doing a lot of drugs and having hallucinations. Being responsible about it. (laughs) You know what? I'll take what I can get. Zero days of that heroin. (laughs) He considered this episode to be a haunting of sorts. And he wrote this song to reflect his feelings from that weekend while he dealt with people who were both trying to help him, but also trying to hurt him throughout his drug-induced weekend. Like, he says he knows people were coming to his house and, like, banging on the windows and doors. Some were his friends trying to be like, dude, like, you need fucking help. But some were actually, like, people that, like, just want to fuck with him. What? Yeah. 
So that's like how he felt like there are all these people and he felt like he was like in this alternate dimension because he's in like this altered state and like some were helping and some were hurting. Yeah. Man. Yeah. How do people get to that point? I don't get it. But then when you listen to that song and think about that stuff and put yourself in that mindset. If that is what is going on in your brain. Yes. Like. Is that terrifying? That is absolutely horrifying. Like now I listen to that song and I'm like, I'm really upset. (laughs) But also, like, the sound of it actually kind of reminds me of Waking the Witch by um, Kate Walsh. Oh. Kate Bush? By Kate Bush. Yeah. I know what you meant. Yeah. She looks like a Kate Walsh. She's not Kate Walsh. (laughs) She's not Kate Walsh. The vocals and instrumentals together weave feelings of unease. While listening, you're waiting for something to happen while this tension builds, but never really seems to hit that climax. And it's not even that it feels unfinished, just kind of like purposefully mysterious. You know, to what end is this going? Are you going to suicide and overdose? Are the demons going to take you away? Like, where is the song going? I don't know. Like, listening to it with this context now, I'm like, oh, this is... This is unsettling. And if you have it on the background at a at a like a Halloween party mm. and you're just like, does anybody else feel really <laughs> uncomfortable right now? My palms are sweaty. Yeah. Because I got any mom's spaghetti. <laughs> no, that's really scary. Knees weak. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's what I got. I think it's spoopy little motherfucking song. And uh, I'm a well, little it's bit weird. That's for sure. I'm actually a little bit more curious about Skitty Puppy now because I'm like, and I mean, they've they broke up after that and they've come back together. So they definitely have like a very um, eclectic kind of dynamic. And going I feel on. like they have a pretty dedicated following. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, they really are pioneers of the industrial music movement. Yeah, You might not have daddy dungeon synth without skinny puppy <laughs> um, maybe i mean I who think... knows he might have trapped himself inside the house one weekend too he could have i'm sure he trapped himself inside his own house a lot yeah that's what heroin for does for a to long you. time that's what mental health does oh to that you. too i'm but i thought we were on the heroin kick still i mean that too so don't do heroin don't do any of it no Anyway, let's uh, anyway. let's bring this up. Let's bring this up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a nice little ditty called <laughs> "Little Red Riding Hood" by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Yeah, that's that's a little bit that's a little ditty, I fucking isn't it? Love this song. It is full of sexual harassment. Oh, but I fucking love it. Yup. <laughs> you don't it say. It's like the poster child of 1960s. I'm gonna keep you safe, and then I'm gonna sexually harass you. I mean, but that is kind of the tale of Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> yeah, pretty Not much. Not that I'm condoning this behavior, but, but I am just, saying it is accurate. It's outing the underlying, like, 
feelings of Little Red Riding Hood, right? Right. And it's feelings that you did not realize as a child. Oh, yeah, in fact, totally. I didn't realize it until I was way, way older. I was like, oh, this is a cautionary tale about sexual assault. Yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't sexual assault specifically because it's such an old old story that I'm sure now it's like, like back then they were probably like, I mean, come on, you're a woman. Duh. Back then when it was written, it was probably just like, yeah, well, you're a fucking woman. So this is all your fault, right? You know? Oh, yeah, they do kind of make that Little Red Riding Hood's fault. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Don't love it. It's not great. No. <laughs> it's certainly not great. This song I have been fucking obsessed with since I listened to Murder by Death's cover album. And they oh, did yeah. a cover of this song. And I was like, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs? Is that a real, like, is that a real band? Um, and It's then definitely I've- a bunch of white boys calling themselves Pharaohs. <laughs> well, it, 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 oh, oh. Um, so, uh, I looked them up and I found this song and I was like, I'm obsessed with this song. It's so (laughs) fucking catchy. I can't get it out of my head. So I listened to it nonstop from then until now. And now it's our problem. And now it's your problem. You're welcome. Yeah. Of course. So Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs is a legit, like, 1960s, like, boy band pop group. Mm Mm-hmm. They were headed up by Domingo Samudio, who is a Mexican-American singer from Dallas, Texas. All right. All right. I stand corrected. Still not a pharaoh. No. Still not Egyptian. But he's not white. But he is not white. I'll take it. Look, my bar is real low. Um, The actual pharaohs? Not sure. <laughs> I think most of them were Latino. Um, Again, We'll take it. But there was like three rounds of the pharaohs through the years. So, <laughs> so like they went through a lot of white boys <laughs> that were um, not dressing politically correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you probably think you haven't heard of Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs before like I did. No. But they actually had a big hit before this song called Wooly Bully. Wooly Bully. Yeah. Wooly bully. Yeah. They Aww. they are the Wooly Bully band. <laughs> I mean that would have been a catchier name than Sam the Sham and the <laughs> I don't pharaohs. know. I like Sam the Sh- Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. I mean I like the Wooly Bullies better, but that's just me. Eh. But Wooly Bully was a huge hit, becoming one of the biggest hits of nineteen sixty five and stayed at number two on the Billboard Hot One Hundred chart for eighteen weeks. Holy shit, that's like really long for back then because I feel yeah, like it's still really long for now. No, no, but like you know what I mean? It's like we, I feel like now have a tendency to get like stuck on one song, but I feel like back then, because everybody's producing so much content, like every oh, band yeah, is like bands. Oh, yeah, like bands like these are just single after single after single after single, yeah. especially the Beatles, which just like reissue the same single like 15 times. Exactly. So that is very impressive for back in the yeah. day and today. So Little Red Riding Hood followed in 1966 and also reached number two, but only for a couple weeks. It was Sam the Sham's last major hit, but he continued with the Pharaohs through the 60s, then broke out on his own in the 70s, and he even won a Grammy in 1972 for Best Album Notes. Oh, like the liner notes? Yeah. That is a thing. So weird. It's a very weird thing. There's a Grammy for everything. It really is. And that just means everything is nonsense. Yeah. Got it. So... Fun fact, 
the band was not only known for wearing Middle Eastern style headdresses. Oh, they did. Oof. Like the um uh the like the Arafat yep. like scarves with the band around the forehead. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And full robes mm-hmm. and turbans. Mm-hmm. But also for driving around in a hearse with maroon velvet curtains. Yeah. He put like their band equipment in a hearse, 1952 hearse, and drove around. I feel like driving around in a hearse should sound so cool, but I feel like whenever anybody executes it, they execute it poorly, cheesy, and gaudily. It's so cheesy and Mm. gaudy. It's so Mm. bad. Like it's guys, guys, don't get a hearse. I know you you want to. I know you cute little goth kids out there want to get a hearse. And maybe you zennials, you you young youngins out there that are just learning to drive and you're a little goth kid. Mm. I think if you get one, fucking great. Yeah. You look great in that. You deserve that hearse. You look great in that hearse. You make that hearse sing. (laughs) Yeah. If you are 36 and an elder goth at this point, quote unquote, don't do it. Just get you look so desperate and sad. Just just get an electric car. Yeah. Just, just get yourself an electric car. Just get a get a leaf. Get a bolt. Get something like that. It'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Just don't get a hearse. Yeah, don't do it. Just get a PT cruiser if you want to drive a hearse. <laughs> Cause that thing's gonna die real soon. Well, I just meant because it looks like a hearse. But yeah, like you know what? Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Well, keeping you know what? I'm just piggybacking off of all your shit now. I'm keeping in the older, older times. Oh, but this band, this band is fantastic. Oh, this band I mean, is fantastic. I believe and we touched on it briefly once again in our Norwegian black metal episodes. Mm. Mm. Maybe even Dio? Maybe Dio. Maybe Dio. Anyway, whatever. We have touched on this band before. Probably should have given them a better do, but here we are giving them at least something now. Here's a little breadcrumbs. As they should. Breath comes anyway. So, my next pick is by the band Coven and it's called Choke Thirst Die. Choke, choke, choke. time picking a song off this fucking they're all really great (laughs) they really are though it's every everything on this album slaps and i shall get into that i mean this whole album halloween approved oh just put this on and it will be your soundtrack Mm -hmm. for your entire party Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on on rotation so this is coven's debut album witchcraft destroys minds and reaps souls it does though but in the best way yeah It was taken off the market just about as quickly as it arrived due to its occult themes, especially being tied to the Manson family murders. Yep. (laughs) There was a picture, apparently, of Charles Manson holding this record. Just holding it. Yep. And they're like, clearly they have ties with the Manson family. (laughs) Clutch your pearls. And you're like, "I, I guess I'm clutching my pearls now. All right. Sure. 
I mean, it's not surprising, though, that people were scared. This album was ahead of its time. It was the first to feature the devil horn's hand symbol, as well as the phrase Hail Satan in the music industry, and the last track touted as a 13-minute audio of apparently the first recorded Black Mass. Ah, yeah. Yes. The last track is literally a 13-minute audio of a Black Mass. Yeah, it's not even really a song. No, it's not at all a song. Not even. But it's kind of cool. Still spoopy. The song, along with several others, were written by co-producer James Vincent, who they gave the alias Jim Donlinger. (laughs) Okay. I I don't know. Why not? After Coven's producer, Bill Trout, gave him a bunch of books on the occult. And he's like, yo, can you make up some songs? And so he did, just in one night. Okay. Yeah. He was all into it. Despite that, there seems to be a true believer in this band. Lead singer Jinx Dawson is a proud practitioner of the left-hand path. Oh. She has felt its calling since she was a child from her very own family. She has stated of, like, aunts and grandparents who were all practitioners or at least, like, dabbled in sections of the occult. Mm -hmm. So she's always felt that to her. Satanic witchcraft is no PR stunt in her eyes. This is legit to her. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, even with label backing and help from respected producers, her beloved coven just didn't have a place in music at that time, though she did end up getting some well-earned recognition with the song One Tin Soldier that was credited to coven. What song is that? You know, One Tin Soldier, like One Tin Soldier. I can't sing it. <laughs> I, know, I know it's One Tin Soldier. It was from a movie. It was, if I, I'm going to play it for you and you're yeah. going to be like, yes, I know this. Yeah. But it is funny because, like, I definitely came to you like, hey, this album. You're like, you fucking bitch. I've told you about this band. And I was like, whoops. Um, <laughs> but, like, they are so overlooked. But they are definitely the first band to, like, really fully commit to the satanic, you know, rituals and really tout this look. But, like, everybody looks at bands like Black Sabbath. And from the stuff that I have read... Black Sabbath back in the day was actually called out and like, hey, you know, you guys are saying you're the first to do this. But like this album came out in 69, like before your first album, there was like a name on the back of this album was like Oz Osbourne. I'm pretty sure that um, they got their band name from Black Sabbath, the song. The first track on here is Black Sabbath, the song. And I can't remember which band member, but one of them said back in like the 70s, well, you know, Black Sabbath is kind of the England um, answer to the coven. No, they're not. Shut up. But but that's but then like (laughs) shut up. Ozzy or Tony no, or Geezer or whoever. I think it might have been Geezer. But like, no. And But then like years later, somebody was interviewing Tony Iommi. He's like, I never heard of Coven. And she's like, are you sure? Because like she's pointing all of those things out to him. He's like, nah, I don't know who that is. Of course. Of course he would Mariah Carey that shit. I don't know And her. take credit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Weird. you, man. Weird. Tony Iommi. Weird. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but... This whole album fucking is so good. Yeah. It was so hard to pick just like one song. I just decided that one because like the beginning is kind of creepy with the choke. They, I was listening to it today also and um, I was like, she sounds like somebody. They sound like something. What the fuck is it? And then I re- realized who it was. They are basically Jefferson Airplane on witchcraft. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what they sound like. They sound like if Jefferson Airplane did not become Jefferson Starship, instead they became <laughs> Jefferson Satan. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's what they should have done. <laughs> but Coven already did it. Yeah, maybe that's why they didn't. But also this this album also very much influenced um the new wave of British heavy metal. Oh, it very yeah. much influenced like Venom. Holy shit, Venom was really? super um influenced by them. That's how they got this whole like yeah, we need to play satanic. Oh. That's how they became a quote unquote satanic metal band. I did not know that. Yeah. Good for you, Venom. But yeah. Um, yeah, I love Coven. They're really fun. Yeah, and definitely look up this album. It's very good. You will not regret it. Yeah. No regrets. Coven slaps perfect for every Halloween party. I think this is a very good transition into my next pick also. Right. This is a very new band. I'm quite new. But they are quite good. This is Dark Altar Magic by Hoaxed. So moody. It is very moody. Oh, that's a perfect word to explain that. That is very moody. moody. This is like if like 13-year-old angsty me <laughs> was me now, which, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, this is what I would be listening to now if I were still the, the cranky 13-year-old. Now I'm just cranky 38-year-old. If this existed when you were 13, you would listen to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. you're saying. Oh, fuck yeah, I yeah. would. Same. Yeah. Same. I'd be into this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Hoaxed is a dark rock band out of Portland, Oregon, comprised solely of Kat Keo on guitar and vocals and Kim Koffel on drums. Yes, they are two ladies. Two ladies. Making rock music. Two ladies can't make rock music. Oh, let me tell you how they can. I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> so this band started out only two years ago, but has already landed gigs opening for big name metal bands like Amorphous, which is actually how I found out who they were because I went to an Amorphous show and they were <laughs> opening for them. <laughs> You're like, oh, two ladies. Who would have thought? Well, it was three ladies on stage. So uh-huh. I don't know if they had a third person at the time or if they were just touring with them. I mean, you know, you got to have your tour, your tour band. Your tour buds. Tour friends. So um, I was really fucking impressed. Three chicks on stage holding their own. And like the audience was really wary about them at first. But then as they realized their music was really fucking good, by the end of their set, everyone was like, fuck yeah, this is great. I love that. I love when you go right? to a show and the opening band, you're like, I like... If somebody pulled a fire alarm and had to go home, I wouldn't be disappointed. Like, yeah. I'd be bummed to not catch the main act. Yeah. But I feel fulfilled. And that whole show to me was fucking amazing. It didn't really make much sense because <laughs> you had hoaxed opening and then the second opener was Uada, who, who is an American black metal band, like mm. fucking black metal. Oh. Like like shrouds over their heads all smoke you don't know who's who you do don't know what's going on but you fucking love the music slaps they were amazing and amorphous was really great too so i don't care if it didn't make sense the whole show is really fucking great Mm, those are great shows yeah so they don't have a full album out yet they knew new 
They do have an EP out with this song and a few others that are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Writers is a really great song and um, Candle Maker or something or other. That mm-hmm. one's a really good one. Um, but they're like teasing a couple songs from their album now. But their new album will drop on October 28th, just in time for Halloween. Ooh. And all of the songs are like are like this. They're moody. They're kind of spooky. They're very Halloween-y. They're spooty. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Spooky and moody. They're spooty. Uh, spooty. <laughs> spooty <Sure>. songs. <laughs> but I just... I just appreciate that there's like younger chicks just making music like this. Yeah. I love the drummer too. She's a really solid drummer. Yeah, no, that drum, like, yeah, that was a solid fucking beat. <laughs> solid beat. I, I'm not, I don't know how to talk drums. I'm really <laughs> sorry, but I can tell like if a drum sounds good. Yeah, I have no rhythm, so I'm no, easil- I have no, I'm I, easily no. impressed. Absolutely. So. You know what? Yeah. You know what? If you're a drummer, drum for me. I bet I'm going to love it. I'm going to be like, that's so good. And you're going to be like, you have no fucking idea. I'm like, I don't care. It sounds nice. Maybe I just want to support you. You know what? You're welcome. Let me just support you, okay? Hey, hey, are you a drummer? Do you need support? I think you're doing a great job. Yeah, there's not it's a lot. It's hard. There's, it's hard. There's not a lot of drummers out there. There isn't. Support your local drummer. Yeah, tell them they can fucking do it. You can, you can do that bass drum kick while you're slapping the snare. And if you can do a double bass drum, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, you know what? You deserve a fucking trophy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so my final song. I think I think this is probably nestled nicely between your four and your three and four here. Mm-hmm. Is by IMX. I come with knives. I've never seen it before. <laughs> like, what? Song slaps, though. <laughs> also, did he just destroy a Joshua tree? Because that is illegal, sir. <laughs> I believe it was a fake one. I hope so. <laughs> I read a little bit about the video, but I didn't actually watch oh, okay. it. And I was like... <laughs> the video is not great. No, it's not. It's fine. It does not it's, do the song justice. It's, but it's, it's really fine. cheesy. It's very cheesy. I'd rather... You know what? I should have picked a lyric video. No, well, you know That's, what? Don't we, watch the video. We, you're fine. We watch and we learn. We do. But the song slaps and I stand by it. So IMX is the solo music project of Chris Corner. You may not know this name on its own, but you may know the name of the band he co-founded called The Sneaker Pimps. Oh, really? Yeah. He's from the fucking Sneaker Pimps. Wow. Right? Wow. Did I just bring you back? What is his skincare routine? Because he does not look that old. No. Wow. Well, I probably, actually, I bet he has a fucking fantastic skin routine. Probably. Because well, he really likes to play up androgyny. And he's also very pale, so he has to have a, a good skincare routine. Meaning he doesn't go in the sun. Yeah. You know what the secret much. to use his kids? Don't go in the sun. Ever. 
be a vampire. You Don't can enjoy it from a window. Be a vampire. Look great forever. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> so this name actually is a tribute to his band. Becoming X is the name of their debut album. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I am X. Which had like six underground. Take me down. Six, six underground. underground. And Spin Spin Sugar. I love that song. Yo, I love still. both of those songs still. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Sneaker pimps still fucking slap. Yeah. Um, you know who else still fucking slaps is uh, Snake River Conspiracy. I don't know her. I will play you some music after this and you will love it. All they right. do the only cover of Love Song that is worth listening to. Okay. Hot takes. Hot takes. But yes, IMX is what he took because for him, X is an ever changing variable. So he is X. He started this project in the early aughts, combining sounds of rock, electronica, dance, to create his own unique musical style. Visually, he leans towards body paint, gender bending, and overall, like, out of these world outfits. This music video did not do it justice. If you, I've seen pictures of their live shows. It's like Peter Gabriel for the modern day. <laughs> space Peter Gabriel. Yes, it's Space Peter Gabriel, <laughs> but it looks, I mean, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I love some Peter Gabriel. His stage visuals were top notch. Yeah. Like, I really, I don't know if I didn't read deep enough to see if Peter Gabriel's an influence, but he better fucking be. If he isn't, I would be surprised. Because IMX is so clearly inspired by Peter Gabriel. Well, also, he carries himself and has a, a look just him that that like he's kind of a blank canvas that he can Mm -hmm. do whatever the fuck he wants exactly and if he has the ambition and the time and the fucking energy to do that more power to you my friend i barely have the energy to get out of bed yeah i still don't know how we got here we need an uber (laughs) guys we need an uber we need an uber So this song seems to have a few themes going here. Ones of mistrust and insecurity. The verses warn the listener that they're not claiming to be a good person, while the chorus seems to be reflecting on how our life's experiences mold our behaviors. As we experience more of the world, we develop guards that prevent us from getting hurt, but also prevent us from being able to engage lovingly with others. But also humans are cunning and egocentric, coming with their own sets of metaphorical knives that will bring you down. And singing in the verses, he is making that well known that I'm not here. I'm not going to paint a pretty picture for you. I can really fuck you up if you're not careful. And looking at this song, you could see how maybe the real thing to fear here isn't something supernatural or spooky, but instead it's the human experience. Or maybe I'm getting too deep with this and we should all just focus on the creepy piano part and the fact that someone whispering in German is really unsettling. Someone doing anything in German is very unsettling. Yeah, you should. I listen to the song all the way through because the beginning is just like fucking pulsating noises and the German girl whispering. And I'm uh-huh. like, well, that's terrifying. This is going on my Halloween playlist. Well, I mean, I think our first Halloween playlist I put on Die Eier von Satan. Yeah, Which probably. is all in German. Yep. Um, Rammstein could be yeah. in any Halloween oh, any, any. Yeah. playlist. Yeah, German's fucking creepy, it's creepy, guys. It's creepy, but also kind of beautiful. 
It is a wonderful language that I hold very dear to my heart. It's a wonderful language that I'll never learn. No offense. Because it's, it's all sausage to you. It's all sausage to me. <laughs> Callbacks! Uh, Woo! So anyway, this is the last one. Yeah, let's round it out, bitch. All right. Well, we're going to round it out with a really good one. So this is Jess and the Ancient Ones, Astral Sabbath. I fucking love this song Yo, this so shit much. Slaps, it's right? Going, I like what? Listen to forty seconds. I'm like, well, this is gone. And this is a playlist. six and a half minute song. So right. like, you got six and a half minutes of that fucking shit. I'm it's here for fantastic. it. Fantastic. I love here it so much. It. I actually just recently found them because okay. I was like looking for more Halloween stuff because you know. It's that time of year. Yeah. And my 10-hour playlist isn't long enough. It's not long enough. I need more. I'm not happy till it's 20. Uh, Then you still won't be happy. Look, let me get to 20. (laughs) I'm only at 10. So yeah, Jess and the Ancient Ones is a psychedelic rock band formed in 2010 in Kuopio, Finland. That's probably not right. It's not right. I'm sorry. I tried. You know I, what? Try and counts, kids. I tried. The pronunciation thing on Wikipedia fucking sucks. And I didn't have enough time to, like, Google search how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. And because this is an audio medium, you did not see how Ashley used the Italian hand, which said pronunciation. Pronunciation. <laughs> it's like she's, look, she's looking for some cool. <laughs> Callbacks. Uh, anyway. So the OG members were actually in a metal band called Death Chain. And like many extreme metal musicians, they often want to branch out into different genres because they have it all stuffed inside of them. But you can't really like let something like this out Mm. (laughs) in an extreme metal band. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So guitarist and songwriter Thomas Corpse, I don't know if that's his birth name, uh, gathered other musicians and some friends and started Jess and the Ancient Ones. Mm. And I think it's a nice mashup of 60s psychedelic rock, metal, prog rock, and occultism. Yes. So they definitely have prog rock tendencies in there. Almost all of their songs are like well over six minutes. And there's a lot of like jam sessions. Mm. But they're like interesting jam sessions because they are metal musicians and they know how to make shit interesting. Well, but there's a huge difference between like prog rock and jam. Right. So, like, prog rock has a point. Jam is like, well, let's see what happens. But there's a lot of prog rock that, like, I can fall asleep to because I'm like, this is just kind of droning on. They Mm. don't drone. Right. Because it's like, it has the psychedelic tendencies and the metal tendencies. Mm. So, it makes it interesting every time. And also, Jess, whose real name is Jasmine 
Salada or something like that. Sure. Um, but she goes by Jess. Um, her voice is fucking amazing. It's it's not amazing in the sense that she has a phenomenal range or anything. Mm-hmm. She's nor she's not like Floor Jansen or anything like that. But she has an incredible tone to her voice. Yes, and it's very powerful. It's very rich. Yes. Like her. It's velvety and it's Mm. chocolatey and Mm. it is very, it's richer than that stout you drink in. You know what? She's not wrong. And this is a thick stout. But Jess has a thick voice. And it's gorgeous and I love listening to it. And she just does not let up. No. With the intensity. It's phenomenal. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I'm here for it. That's definitely going on my playlist for sure. Yeah. Shit. I was like, damn, she just showed me up. <laughs> well, I I'm saved, an asshole. I saved the best. For uh, last. You're, you're just always Vanessa Williams again, I was aren't just you? Make you a son Vanessa of a Williams. bitch. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> I got it, didn't I? Wow, that wasn't even long. I know. Wow. I'm yeah, now we have now we have a tight hour down. Well You know, now that we don't podcast. Do we want to talk about honorable mentions? No, I have none. Oh, my honorable mention is Acid Witch. <laughs> okay and like everything you can think of when when i say acid witch it that's it yeah oh shit actually shit i do i actually have a really good honorable mention some people may or may not have heard of this though um but it, it's it's a it's an artist he's not super well known um rob zombie's dracula <laughs> well in the same vein you know i have one that um I know, you know, some people may have heard of, but he's a very, like, low-key, under-the-radar musician from Australia. His name is Tom Cardi, and he has this great song called Have You Checked Your Butthole. Oh, <laughs> she really is being serious. I was like, from Australia? Is she talking about Men at Work? <laughs> <laughs> she talked about Colin Hay from Men at Work? <laughs> you know what? Colin Hay... And Tom Cardi oh my God. need to write a song. They should. Oh, man. That'd be great. Well, that's all we got for you, kids. That's that's <laughs> all. I, I have notes, and I read them, and I'm done. Yeah. And it's late, and we're old, and we have a lot to do this week. Yeah, I have a very full Google calendar already. Oh, God. My Google calendar gives me agita. I'm literally going to be working tomorrow from 730 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. <sighs> Yay. I'll come visit. You have to. You have to set, like, stuff up for me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of which, anybody who is in the upstate New York area or nearby, you know what? Chassamusets, Connecticut, anybody. All y'alls can come out. All y'alls, anytime you're near upstate New York, come to Troy, New York. Come to Helderberg Meadworks. We're open Tuesday nights through Sundays. Nope, Thursdays. But whatever. Wow. Thursdays through Sundays. I just want you to know, my head was visualizing a Thursday and, and it said, said Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> That's how tired I am. Thursday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday and Sunday all day. So come visit us. One of us will probably be working. Or at least pop in. Yeah, just get some fucking mead. We want the business. So, um, or <laughs> but, we'll give you the business. Yeah, we're also doing a Halloween thing. Yeah. On so. the 28th. 28th. Yes, that's the date. That Whatever Friday that is. Yeah. 28th, yeah. So come visit. And in the meantime, uh, pet your black cats, uh, hang out with some cool dogs, listen put to some, some sweet tunes, drink some nice beverages. Put some uh, razor blades and some 
some chocolate bars for some kids. Hide some weed. Definitely um, in your peanut butter cups because I know you have extra weed to give to children. Definitely take the Skittles out of the bag and put in rainbow fentanyl. That's the mm, new thing mm-hmm, this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, Also, don't yeah. forget to hide um, a flock of geese in your Snickers. Yeah. Also, the Balrog needs to be in the Reese's peanut butter cup. Or else it's not a real Lord of the Rings Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. So, yeah, so. make sure that you're doing that for the kids in your neighborhood. Yeah, they're really going to appreciate you for that. Don't they, give them fucking raisins. Yeah, because if they bite into it and find, like, the Helm's Deep scene, battle scene, like, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> you're right. It's just not. It's not. I'm just referencing memes here. That's if all If you we're haven't doing. seen them, it's not on me. It's not on us, you, you kids. Anyway, happy Halloween. Spook your butts off. We'll see you when we see you. Party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. Party on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Spooky. Spooky. Spooky bitches. It's your cat.